What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me is the man who is actually looking forward to being an empty nester, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. You know, I don't know if it's because we had four kids that I feel that way, but I feel very comfortable when I'm going to be friends with you again. Just you and me as friends, not you and me as the managers of a household. So we are at a little bit of a, I wouldn't say an impasse, but we are different sides of this issue because we're kind of looking at those retirement years. Our son just turned 16. So we know that in the next couple of years, that's our youngest, he'll be either going away to college or quite possibly entering into one of the branches of the military service. And we're going to have this big house and no children. I don't want to move. I don't want to move that house. I have too much life, too much investment, too much of my heart in it. You, on the other hand, I feel like you'd put a sign up there tomorrow if I said, okay. <laughs> I don't want to buy more dogs just to fill up the house. I mean, I'll put up a for sale <laughs> sign in a heartbeat. <laughs> but that's, I think, you know, what we were transitioning to is the that we feel, yeah, life's changing for the kids moving out, but we know what's potentially going to be coming. And we're looking forward to that, which is grandparenthood. But- that kind of, there's a space in between there, it seems to me, like, well, we, we could take advantage of doing some things that we have put off for 32 years because we've been raising family. Well, I, I get where you're going with that one. And boy, not having to have that big house to clean. I love the idea. I also really am married to the idea that our kids would come back for visits, for the holidays, having this big house where everybody would be able to be in. That's where I see myself in our retirement. So we're trying to work this out. You mentioned about how you're looking forward to that. And I very much am. You and I had nine years of married life before our oldest daughter was born. And we had a wonderful nine years. I mean, there were hardships there, but we really developed a deep relationship and a, and a strong marriage that got us through a lot of times. So that part of it, I am looking forward to and it is, is getting back to those years. We've had opportunities to travel, even, even now that our kids are getting a little bit older. Where are we going in our retirement? And now is the time. We're both in our 50s. It's not that far away if you think about the next 10, 12 years. What road are we going to go on? I feel like there's this opportunity coming up in our road and what road does God want us to go on? And what road are we inspired to go on? And does that meet in the middle with, with God? And that's, I think, all of our decisions that we make in life kind of run, run along those lines of trying to figure out where where am I being led to? And when we look back 50 plus years of our life, we can see God's hand in guiding us through this family life. Those things are not shouldn't be anxiety driven, but I do think that we do do need to make downsizing shifts. And those are, I think, something we just never anticipated. Okay, we're going to have to let go of some things we've we've okay. established like a giant hotel. And I'll let our listeners know, just the, listening to you talk about it <laughs> gives me that terrible feeling in my stomach because, yeah, that's an unknown. And for me, boy, the unknown feels very unstable to me. 
You're visionary. I'm here and now. You want to look ahead and plan the road. I want to make sure that we're thriving where we're planted right now. And I, I think that most couples go through that, trying to get both of our dreams, both of our hopes, you know, things where we see ourselves and, and make them work together. That's part of being married. And you, you got to take that journey together. All right. You, you come up with separate ideas, separate dreams. Well, that's where that's where division is sowed. And we when we really recognize that we balance one another. And, you know, for I think marriages that last 20, 30 plus years, there is that reality that, hey, I need balance. I, Scott, Deacon Scott needs balance. You are my balance to help me to see the value. And we've we've been in the value of staying and, and not rushing off to the next visionary idea. We've stayed in this house for 16 plus years. That's and, the longest you have ever lived in the house. Right. I've already got, I already went through the antsy part. I had to let that go. <laughs> so I'm, I'm comfortable to a degree where I'm at, but I'm being pragmatic as to what our next step is. Oh, I, and if there's a way to to help me learn to to maybe get rid of the big house and scale down, I I don't know where you're going to put all my shoes, but we better make sure the closet is big enough. One of the things we know for sure, though, in our retirement is that a lot of what we're going to do is travel. And we've done it, like I said, a little bit of traveling so far, but there is a whole lot more to see, not only around the world, which, of course, those big international trips are wonderful. We look forward to just getting on the road and driving around the U.S. because there's so much to see, especially within our own faith. That's definitely going to be one of our things that we get to look forward to in our retirement, which leads me to today's show, because coming up, I have an opportunity. I'm going to be speaking with Father Justin Ramos. He is from the new Norbertine Abbey that just opened up in Orange County. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And and hopefully, yeah, Scott, maybe in the future, we'll, uh, we'll be able to go see it in person. And then on the view, we wanted to share with you just some thoughts on where are we going now that COVID is coming, hopefully to an end, and we're starting to see some freedoms come back. Where are you going to go in these next six months? So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. Catholic monasteries are centered around a rhythm of life that call ora et labora, prayer and work, and they keep a strict schedule to preserve that rhythm. If a monk is writing a book and the monastery bell rings for prayer, he'll drop his pen mid-sentence and go to prayer. It's a poverty of spirit with time. Lord, my moments aren't mine, they're yours. You know, that same poverty is in your life. When the kid cries for a diaper change, that's your monastery bell. When it's time to pause and pray, stop thinking about what you gotta do next. It's always gonna be there. Just pray. You got to work overtime? Do it. Whining doesn't change a thing. When it's time to go home, drop that pen mid-sentence, stop checking your email, and focus on your family. You're in a schedule you can't fully control, but when you get intentional about focusing on where you are, offering each moment to God as it comes, you still face the daily grind like anyone else, but unlike anyone else. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. 
Days are getting longer and the weather is starting to warm up. If you're like me, this time of year means you can get out the grill and enjoy some time with the family. Did you know that you can support Mater Day Radio through everyday purchases when you shop? For the cause, whether it's purchases online through Amazon or groceries at Fred Meyer, you can help strengthen Catholic Radio. For details, check out ways to give at materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. California is a big state, so you may not have ever heard of the small town of Silverado. I, as a Southern California lady, I've not heard of it either. But it lies in the mountains of Orange County, and in this small town is now an incredible story. An abbey is there that will serve as a spiritual oasis for Southern California and really beyond. St. Michael's Abbey is run by the Norbertines and have completed an enormous undertaking and celebrated a dedication just a few weeks ago. I am so very honored today to talk with Father Justin Ramos from St. Michael's Abbey. Hello, Father Justin. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to uh, be with you. Well, first for our listeners, tell us actually about St. Norbert and what are the charisms of your order of Norbertines? So St. Norbert founded the Norbertines in a valley in France called Prémontré. And so when he founded us in 1121, It was a very special day. It was Christmas. And so on that Christmas Eve, or that's Christmas Day, um, his followers officially began a movement, which was very important in that era. And it was a clerical reform movement. Uh, There was a lot of problems in the church, as there are today, and there have been in many centuries. And uh, St. Norbert gathered his followers to begin to live a religious life, the life of a clerical community, that is a priestly community, where they could be accountable to each other, they could follow a rule of life, like the monks, but they were clerics, they were priests. And that began a huge movement uh, in Europe to reform the clergy. And that's um, how we came about in 1121. The order spread quickly, very quickly, um, in Europe, and we we had at one point over 10,000 members in the community, uh, and there were more than 100 monasteries in France alone. Hmm. Uh, So St. Norbert was a very uh, effective preacher. Uh, He was very liked, and he drew many, many people to this holy way of life. And 900 years later, we're celebrating 900 years. Uh, it's blooming here in Silverado, California. We have a seminary that's full, almost 40 young men studying for the Norbertine priesthood. And we have about 50 priests, so we're almost at 100. And uh, the new abbey that we've built is almost full. Uh, and that's the reason why we built it, because the other one, which was only a few miles away, could not um, contain all of us. Wow. And it just shows God's love for us. 
you know, that he he gives us a priest for his people because he loves his people and he wants these priests to serve his people. Now, the build itself, did, was there a, a team of architects that you worked with? or Were there kind of restrictions or things that you knew this abbey needed to be in order to honor St. Norbert and, and his vision for the Norbertines? Yes, one of the most beautiful things about um, this whole project was that we were able to gather a lot of people from different places to be able to build something beautiful for God. Uh, our architect was um, an architect from uh, southern France. His name is Jean-Louis Pages, and he is um, he's an older man now. I believe he's in his 90s, but at the time when we first engaged him, um, he had already retired, but uh, since he learned that it was St. Michael and he had a son by the name of Michael that he lost, uh, he felt called to um, to help us. And he did. He made a beautiful design for us, and he had already built two other um, monasteries in southern France. So he had a lot of experience. And then from there, uh, that was um, we had a, a group of um, engineers and uh, architects here, and uh, they all worked together to be able to build this, um, always in tandem with the tradition of the church and with our desire to um, build something that was traditional something that was uh, inspiring that um, the people could raise their hearts and minds to. And um, so we built it in a, a basilica style. So it looks like a basilica from the inside. On the outside, it looks like um, a church that you would see somewhere in southern France. And when people turn the corner and they see the steeple and they hear the bells and they look at the, the, uh, the, the Abbey Church, uh, they say, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm in, in Provence or in some place in Europe. Mm. Um, and that's the effect it has. And it even has a greater effect when they walk inside and they see the 70-foot high uh, ceilings. And it's in a vaulted, a vaulted ceiling. And, it, and there's a certain nobility, but there, it's simple. Uh, and they see the architecture. And I think that just immediately raises their hearts and minds to, to God, which was the intent that we wanted. And not only for us, but for all our visitors. And we have so many visitors coming all the time. So if you're ever in Southern California, here in Silverado, in Orange County, uh, please, by all means, uh, come and, and visit the Abbey. It's, um, it's, it's um, a place, an oasis for prayer and contemplation, but also to raise um, your awareness of how the, the church uh, is bright and alive. And we hear that, that it's dying out in so many places and the churches are being burnt uh, down and that people don't, um, don't respond anymore to the call of God and that the Catholic Church is diminishing. But here it's very vibrant, and there's a lot of young men here who are aspiring to be priests, and a lot of people that come to worship with us because they see that beauty and they see the... Um, uh, the church alive and well. Oh, and it's probably just a foretell of heaven, and it it's a beautiful yeah. place. Father Justin, in preparation for our interview today, I went online to your webpage, and I got an opportunity on there. There's a beautiful video of you, and you're talking about the shrines and the art that is there in, in the church and on the grounds. Maybe walk through a little bit for our listeners some of what's there, especially the different shrines that are in the church. Sure, Brenda. Thank you. Um, and if you if you want to see a little bit more of that, you can always go to the the Abbot Circle, 
And uh, on that website, you can actually see those um, those videos called, I believe, um, Uniting Heaven and Earth, because that's what really our church and other shrines are all about. It's about uniting us to heaven, to God himself, through his saints, through our Lord and the Blessed Virgin Mary, obviously. Uh, so the church is, is actually dedicated to Our Lady of the Assumption. And so in the high in the high altar, over the high altar, in what we call the triumphal arch, you will have a beautiful mosaic, which we're waiting to be uh, installed, um, that was made in uh, Venice. And it'll be installed here, but because of COVID, uh, we are waiting for all of the uh, artisans to come. But once it's installed there, uh, it's going to be the, the jewel of all the art there. And... There are other beautiful uh, art that is also um, worthy of seeing when you come to visit, and those are the shrines in the nave. Each one of those shrines is dedicated to a different saint. So we have St. Uh, Teresa of the Child Jesus, we have St. Francis, St. Joseph, St. Michael, uh, St. Anthony of Padua, uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And all of those shrines will be beautifully um, decorated with the images of those saints and uh, somehow how they relate to us Norbertines. Father Justin Ramos joining me today as we discuss the newly dedicated Abbey of St. Michael's in the small town of Silverado, California. Tell our listeners a little bit about you know what they can do once they arrive there. Yeah, so when you come to Southern California and you come to Orange County, California, there's a couple of places you can go. Uh, a lot of people know Orange County because of Disneyland. Of course. In, <laughs> that's the original place. Uh, then you can also go um, and you could visit um, the missions. You know, there's a mission down here, down south. It's um, uh, San Juan Capistrano. Now another place to visit uh, that you will be duly impressed with is St. Michael's Abbey, which is in the little town of Silverado. And when you come here and you see the beauty of the location, it's just, it's God's country here. And it's a little corner of uh, a heaven, as we, we like to say. Um, there's a lot of things you can do besides coming to our services and to pray with us, uh, to which you are always welcome. And we have uh, prayers Throughout the day, as well as Mass in the morning, we have Rosary in the afternoon, we have all of the chanted hours of the uh, Divine Office during the day. Um, walking the grounds here, there's some beautiful orchards. We also have some hiking um, trails, um, and they're really rugged, so if you were an avid hiker, you would probably enjoy it. If you're not an avid hiker, you'd probably find them a little difficult uh, because they're quite steep. Um, then we have, a, we have a guest house also, which you have to call in advance to see if there's availability. And we've got so, so many requests that we're already booked months in advance since we opened it. Um, but if you were to stay here, you would uh, stay in, in a monastic cell and you would uh, join us for prayers and, uh, and uh, you would have your meals in silence and you would be able to pray uh, throughout the day, um, either individually or with the community. And um, along with those with those many things that you can do here, there is a little uh, cafe down the, uh, down the street you can always enjoy, and um, there's some beautiful um, uh, trails you can take outside of the Abbey to, to actually hike the mountains around here. There's a lot of beautiful things mm. that um, 
that we can that you can do while you're here besides um, the most important thing, which is to refresh your soul in prayer. Absolutely. Father Justin, I am coming. I don't know when that will be, but I cannot wait until that time comes and we'll be able to visit. You, of course, Brenda, and, and all of your following, you're all welcome here at St. Michael's when you are in Southern California. And you come to visit Disneyland, come to visit us as well. Oh, well, Disneyland might say they are the happiest place on earth, but I think there in Orange County, there is a new, happier place, and it is there at St. Michael's Abbey. That is Father Justin Ramos. He is from St. Michael's Abbey in Silverado, California. I will be sure to add a link to where you can find their webpage and all of the pictures of their beautiful grounds. And you're going to find that link on the podcast of this interview at matzerdayradio.com. me up as soon as we can i want to get down to california maybe take a road trip to see my family and stop off at this beautiful abbey boy that is something else you know last time we went down to visit your mom and dad we got to see the new christ cathedral that used to be the crystal cathedral and i remember growing up as a kid seeing this giant church that was built on and they had on tv all the time and then to actually go there we made a spontaneous pilgrimage to go to this uh, this location that we had seen as kids as being a hub for much of the our uh, catholic brothers and sisters uh, pilgrimage now is a site for catholics too yeah, it was really beautiful. They wouldn't let me in the front doors. It was all under construction still because they were turning the what was basically a very large TV studio into a Catholic church. So I look forward to maybe stopping in and seeing how that progressed. As COVID restrictions are being eased, and we're starting to recognize that here in the Portland area and in Washington, we kind of looking back thinking, what have we learned? Where are we going now? We've planned some entertaining things because we feel like we've been locked up. But did we really learn anything in the last year and a half of the lockdown that is going to drive our journey? We talk about retiring in 10 years. Well, that's the long journey. What are we going to learn right now? How is that going to form the next year, the next six months? We've had a lot of time, that's for sure. But have we used that time to really reflect on how am I affected and how am I going to change from what we just experienced? And if we aren't changed by what we experienced, then we ought to be asking the question. And where do we ask those questions? I think those are oftentimes what draws to pilgrimage because pilgrimage gets us out of our cycle of normality into a place where we can hear things fresh, see things anew, and God can speak to us more clearly, not because God's speaking more clearly, because we're getting out of the way of the normal day-to-day that we would otherwise not hear God in. So, you know, that's exciting. For six months, you can focus on using that time to consider a pilgrimage so you can reflect on this last year and a half and say, how am I different? Am I different? And is God calling me to be different? Because I think clearly Pope Francis addresses that we should not be going back to the, the norm, that we need a new norm. And what does that mean for me as a Catholic in America and hearing our 
Holy Father, challenge us to not go back to the, the old way whatever that old way was. You know, it was almost exactly two years ago before COVID struck that you and I were in a a kind of a special trip, a 30th anniversary trip we had been planning for so long. And we ended up deciding on visiting Portugal. And part of that trip was going to spend a whole day at Fatima. My Facebook post that came up just a few days ago that reminded me that it was two years ago that we were there. I took a picture of the beautiful old church that was on the grounds in Fatima. And my comment was, we did not visit here. We experienced her. And that is a beautiful pilgrimage. You don't go on pilgrimage to see things. You go on pilgrimage to experience. And that was definitely the day we spent in Fatima. It was not looking at things. It was being a part of it. And you had a similar experience on your pilgrimage, your walk from Assisi to Rome. The journey is there. God knows where you're going. You've got to be willing and open to let him be your guide. And I think you make a great distinction. Our pilgrimage is not about visiting. A pilgrimage is about experiencing, entering into, to a time that is God's time. So I remember in formation, we talked about, uh, Chronos and Kairos, those those two terms, Chronos being the, our, our day-to-day time that we watch at the clock on. But Kairos is God's time. And when we entered into Fatima, that eight-hour day that we spent there seemed like half hour, 45 minutes of time. We couldn't believe how fast it went. And that's because we stepped out of our norm. And that's what a pilgrimage allows you to do, to experience God in, in God's time, not in our time. Oh, absolutely. And pilgrimage doesn't have to be a trip to Europe or a trip to the Sagrada Familia that we also went to in Barcelona or a trip to Fatima. You can pilgrimage right here in the area. The grotto is one of those places. I always encourage people, have you ever been to the cathedral in your own archdiocese or diocese? That should be at the top of your list, too. That is kind of the hub, the home of where all of the churches within a diocese in an area spill from. And then visit some of those churches, visit the big ones and find and go visit the small ones too. A pilgrimage is walking into the unknown in faith. That is exactly what a pilgrimage should be. And that could be done, like you said, right here in our backyard, but it's the intentionality that I'm going to enter into God's time and experience God, not from my eyes, but through his eyes of me and my life that I'm bringing. So perhaps what you're saying is maybe I should look at our retirement years as the next pilgrimage. Will you end us in a prayer? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we ask you to give us a sense of awe and wonder of what will come, what will come after this experience we have struggled through and we have remained faithful to, to the best of our ability. Help us to keep that faith alive and be transformed by this experience to do your will and to grow more deeply in our discipleship of you. We ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless. Have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. 
For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.